Hawk to Hawk podcast. I'm your host, Eden fritz Aguirre. In this podcast, I sit down with you, Heart alum, and see all of the amazing things that Hawks do once they spread their wings and work to better their community. And this Hawk is a good one. Today, we have the pleasure of meeting Michael Soriali. Mike leads technology for the product incubation team at Synchrony with responsibility for building and launching new products and capabilities into market. He is also head of Synchrony's Emerging Technology Center at UIUC, and the recent work from the lab has advanced Synchrony's exploration into artificial intelligence, data science, cloud computing, blockchain, and digital payments. Prior to joining Synchrony, Mike led digital banking for GSB and had stints building digital marketing teams at various organizations. He teaches a master's course on fintech at Brandeis University, holds an MBA from UHart, and a BS in marketing and international business from Wagner University. He also serves on the Barney Board of Visitors and loves a good podcast. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. It is such a pleasure. And although I kind of just read off your LinkedIn right there, <laughs> please tell us a bit about yourself and your current position. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me. My current role at Synchrony is really all about how we're going to uh, develop new technology products for our consumers. And so I focus in three areas. One is uh, the product incubation team that you mentioned. Product incubation to synchrony means new products or capabilities that are two or three years out on the horizon. So things that today would probably not work for consumers, but we imagine that in a few years there might be a piece of the puzzle that comes together that a consumer is going to come to expect that. We want to get out ahead of it. The other area is our innovation practice, so making sure that as a company we're facilitating innovation really well, that we're measuring it and not just throwing spaghetti at a wall to see what sticks, that we're doing it from a place of data and, and strength. And then the third is our emerging technology centers. So we have a handful of technology centers around the country that have undergraduate to PhD interns uh, that work for us on trends that are probably three or more years away into the future. So things that are uh, really what we would call unknown unknowns. We don't know the domain yet, and we don't necessarily know how it's going to work within the industry. That is super neat. And to kind of go along with that, um, on your LinkedIn, it says in regards to your position uh, that you drive technology, innovation, strategy, and incubation for the next generations of consumer-facing products with a focus on trends two to four years on the horizon. And I wrote this so beautifully. How do you analyze or study the trends for the next generations two to four years ahead? But like, how do you predict the future? <laughs> that's one of the hardest parts. I mean, first of all, let's just be clear. We're wrong a lot. And that's kind of part of being in an industry where you have to do trend prediction. Uh, we start by working really closely with consultant partners and industry publications that help us understand what do we think the trends holistically are. So not specific to our industry, not specific to technology or product but where are life trends moving in general? Uh, and then we take all of those different trend analyses and synthesize them together and start to say, okay, what does that mean for us? A trend that's coming next year for one industry might come three years from now for our industry or for what our consumers uh, expect. And so we're trying to right size and right align those. Um, and then we prioritize a strike zone. So there's gonna be 50 or more trends that we see Nobody can realistically work on 50 or more things at a time. And so we're going to prioritize a strike zone that we say are of the highest level of importance in an area that is right for synchrony. And, uh, and then build products and capabilities to test into that. Uh, to your question, there are things that move into our strike zone and out of our strike zone quite frequently. We have some trends that three years ago were in it and 
the trend just kind of softened, and so it's moved back out again. And so uh, we're going to be wrong a lot, but we do our best to put some data behind the predictions. That's super cool. Thank you for sharing that. And with all that being explained, I'd love to know how have your past professional experiences helped you in your current role at Synchrony? Yeah, I think so. I started my career in marketing. Uh, I actually felt early on uh, that that's what I wanted to do. Um, didn't really see myself doing anything else, certainly never leading a technology team. Uh, that was not a, a prediction I could have made during my undergraduate career. Uh, but what I think my undergrad and, and my early career did for me is it taught me that what I really like doing is creating strategy in creative situations. So that might be something like, uh, like marketing, where you have to be really strategic in how you plan your marketing out, and you have to be thinking for the future, and you have to be skating to where the puck is going to be. Uh, or what I do now, which is uh, trying to do the same thing, but in technology and product development. I think the interesting thing is that in, in both cases, uh, a lot of what I do still is marketing. Um, convincing uh, people, whether that be my stakeholders or consumers, uh, that a new technology trend is actually happening, that something is going to affect the way our products currently work, or that we need to build something that new, uh, is a whole lot of communications and a whole lot of marketing. And so uh, while it feels like I've had a strong departure from where I started, uh, I think in reality, a lot of the core competencies remain the same. That's fascinating. That's really, really great. And I'd love to know, and I know we were talking about this prior to the podcast, but as an adjunct professor of fintech, what is your advice to students looking to get into the industry? Yeah, fintech's really exploded over the last decade or so. I have to admit that when I started my career in marketing in, in a bank, uh, I don't think there was excitement around being a part of a technology player inside of a financial organization. Uh, but the opportunities are massive because so many consumers use those products on a daily basis and because consumers have come to expect that those products are constantly evolving. I think the big thing for most people if they want to get into the industry is to find opportunities to get cross-functional experience. Uh, fintech is not going to feel like engineering at one of the FANG companies, right, one of the large tech companies, um, because there are very different uh, product needs in a fintech uh, at a large Thang technology company, for example, uh, you're going to see products that go into market that at this time don't have clear ROI to the product or um, that are really just focused on what the consumer needs in that moment or what will make the consumer excited. In fintech, it's a little different. We're surrounded by a lot of regulation. We're surrounded by a lot of history of what consumers expect of those products. And so innovating in that space means having a really well-rounded background in technology, business, consumer understanding to be able to lead and create new products there. So, uh, you know, one of the programs that uh, we recruit heavily from is, is a dual minor business and technology because the people coming out of that typically can, can show that good cross-functional experience. That's really insightful. Thank you for sharing. And now we're going to have a little bit of a throwback here. We're going to look at your days at UHeart. So these next questions are sponsored by our friends in the Office of Career and Professional Development. Were there any events, resources, or classes you took part in at UHeart that played a particular role in your eventual career, and how so? Yeah, so I think there's two that come to mind immediately for me. One was uh, as part of an internal consulting group on campus, and that actually allowed me to understand how other businesses work. You know, a, a lot of times in your career, you find an industry where you want to start the specialty you have, right? So in my case, that was marketing, and I happened to start marketing in a financial institution, and then you kind of stick to that industry. It can actually sometimes be really tricky for people to break from it. 
And in a lot of cases, that's not a bad thing, right? I feel like I've become an expert in the industry that I work within, but you don't always get the perspectives of others. And so when, when I was on a consulting group, being able to actually see how a business works from the inside that looks absolutely nothing like the business that I'm in. Um, and that's kind of kept with me, especially now being in a place like Synchrony where uh, on a daily basis, we have so many different types of merchants from you know, the small mom and pop providers that, that offer our financing to move products to the you know, massive, massive stores that offer their own private label credit cards. And so being able to flow fluidly between those is really important to me. I think the other is uh, I took some electives here that I just absolutely loved. If, if I was allowed to, I think I would come back and audit the negotiations master's level course every year. Um, that taught me so much about not only negotiating in the, what I would say are like the hard skills, the way we typically think of negotiating, which is, you know, getting the appropriate deal, but actually really thinking about what is most important to the other side of the table. Um, a lot of times your negotiations that you're doing in your business life are not set forth as negotiations, so to speak. People can't see me, but I'm making air quotes. Um, <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is that oftentimes you're negotiating for something in the sense that I believe this product should get priority over something else. And somebody else holds the bucket of resources I need to get priority. That is a negotiation and understanding how to work within that is so crucial to being successful in your business life. And so uh, those are the two that I reflect on that I think have had a, a really lasting impact for me. That's great. And I'd love to see how have your goals and expectations for your career changed since you were in college? Is there anything you wish you would have known when you were a student? I wish I knew that I didn't have to know what I was going to do. Um, I think one of the things that's been fascinating for me as I've transitioned through my career is how many people that either I've hired or worked closely with that had similar meandering journeys as me, right? I I came out of college so confident that what I was going to do was marketing. Uh, I really didn't explore my options outside of that in, in terms of jobs. And I was very fortunate in an early time in my career to have a leader come to me and say, hey, I recognize this isn't what you do, but I think you'd be good at this thing and we need somebody to lead it. Will you do that? Um, that was probably one of the scariest moments of my life because you start to say, well, for the last decade, I've thought this is the thing I was going to do. I think understanding that you know, um, when I left my first job, I remember saying to my wife that I had two times as many years left to work as I had been alive. And I think putting that into perspective when you're in your 20s in undergrad, recognizing that, you know, you've got three X your life of work ahead of you, that can be really important to just kind of bring yourself back to the ground and say, if this thing I'm trying doesn't work, or if I find that there's something else I love, I can do that. I often say to the students that I work with at the universities, there's a thousand majors and a million jobs. And it's hard to take one major and translate that into a job. So focus really heavily on what are you, what are your core competencies? What are you good at? That's a really excellent point and some great advice overall. I hope people listening are taking notes. <laughs> I'd love to know what is something that you learned at the University of Hartford that you think has made you a great part of Synchrony? I think there's a couple there. Um, one is I felt like I got a really well-rounded master's experience here, which is, uh, so this is going to be very specific to the Barney School, so sorry to everyone else. But one of the things that I really loved is that my professors understood that most of us were not going to be uh, going directly into accounting or financial management or some of those courses that are required. And so their goal, many of them actually said this, was to make sure that we could 
sit at a boardroom table and understand what the CFO was saying and speak intelligently about it, not to become the CFO. And I thought that was wonderful because there are a ton of times in your daily life, uh, especially in business, where I am around the table with people from my finance teams, my risk teams, uh, my tech and marketing teams, and we all have to find a way to understand what each other is saying. And I think that helped me to see a lot of varying perspectives. I think the other one I have to go back to is uh, that very specific negotiating course. For me, just really made me start to realize um, how difficult it can be for us to sometimes see other perspectives. Um, you know, I'm in a company of 20,000 people. Uh, you know, we have 75 million active cardholders. There are a lot of perspectives in the organization that I'm in today. And so being able to take what I learned from UHART and apply that is really critical. Absolutely. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing. And this is the last like big question I have for you. And we're going to go one more time for some more advice just because you are just a wealth of knowledge. Do you have any advice for students nearing graduation that aren't sure they want to pursue a career in their major? I think the key there is to just think about what your core competencies are. So to me, a, a core competency, the way I've always thought of this is uh, Ford Motor Company believes their core competency is cars. And so they make cars. And if you look at Honda, they actually think their core competency is engines. So yes, they make cars, but they make lots of things with engines, including lawnmowers and dirt bikes and snowblowers and ATVs and all sorts of other things. I say that because that is that was a turning point in my own career, was recognizing that the major I have is a lot less important than the core competencies that I can show. So I believe that I could be a strategic leader in a creative space. I did that in marketing. I'm doing that now in technology. If there were opportunities in completely different fields that allowed me to be a strategic leader in a creative space, I think I would be good at that. I think that is where most people should start to focus. And that is one of the things I encourage people to do when they go to apply for jobs that they don't think they look qualified for. I think, candidly, a lot of people self-select out of jobs because they think, oh, I don't have that major or I didn't have that background. And I think being able to say, hey, I know what you wrote here is that you're looking for somebody that can do this, but let me explain why my core competency and what I've done before is this. Uh, one that comes to mind for me is a, um, you know, somebody in my life who, who was in journalism who moved into technology product development. And the jump for so many people seems large. But in reality, in journalism, you're taking really complex things and you're making those complex things short and easy to understand in bite-sized amounts for general consumption. In technology product management, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking large requirements that are highly technical and breaking them down into small chunks that people can understand. The core competency of those two vastly different jobs is actually the same. Mike, that was so insightful. Thank you very much for that amazing advice. And also, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. For listeners that just can't get enough of you, where can they learn more about you and the work that you do? Thanks. I, I would be flattered if people can't get enough. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you can certainly check me out at MikeStoryAlley.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn uh, at MikeStoryAlley or uh, on Medium as well. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's, it has been such a pleasure getting to talk to you and learn about your professional experiences. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Hawk to Hawk podcast. You can find us on all podcast streaming platforms and on the University of Hartford's website. For Michael Soriali, I'm Eden Fritz-Aguire. We'll see you next time.